Welcome along to episode two of Football Thunders uh, with me, Pete Finch. Joining us this evening, uh, Ryan Scott, you there? Yep, welcome. Hello. And uh, Dan Finch as well. How are you doing, Dan? You all right? Good evening. I hope everyone's okay. Well, good afternoon. Good morning. Doesn't matter. It doesn't know what time it is. I could be listening that anywhere. That's true. The beauty uh, of true. a podcast. That's the beauty of a podcast. Uh, two things on discussion tonight. Kits. The good, the bad, and just plain ugly. And transfers, any transfers that we think are decent, any that we think, oh, hello, you've made, you dropped one there, or any rumours that are doing the rounds uh, that are um, looking good. But uh, so we go straight into kits first. Now, kits, the easiest one is kits you love. Now, it's so easy to go for your own club kits. It's, it is easy, especially when they're absolute class. Uh, especially when the third kit is absolute class. If you're a Charlton fan, you know what I mean. Right, so uh, let's have a look at... Uh, Dan, what have you got as your... What's the worst kit you've seen so far? Um, so I went my worst kit, and I hope people have seen it. It's very bad. It's the Inter Milan home shirt. Um, it's their usual blue and black, but they've decided not to go with stripes this year. They've looked at animals and thought, let's look like a snake. Um, so well paid Inter Milan. It's, uh, it is literally just dark blue, then light blue with scales on. More dark blue and some more scales. And I, and no sponsors, so the shirt just literally looks like a blue snake. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. And the, the away kit doesn't look so bad. White with, the, with, actual, with a snake crawling all over it. That looks fine. Uh, the home kit, I've got to go with you and say, I think the home kit is absolutely uh, atrocious. Ryan, what do you think of that Milan kit? Have you had a look? I've had a look at it. I actually quite like it. I actually don't think it's that bad compared to the one that I've found. Which is the Tottenham? Um, th- I believe it's their third kit. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's pink, purple. It's got print on it. It's got. It's just all logic on it. It's it, it. It looks like someone's run over it and sh- just squirted like black currant juice into it. It's. I think there's supposed to be a picture of a football goal or something in there and a tower block or. It, it's a mess. It's a disaster. I, if if that's what the first team are wearing, what is it, what are the? Um, I'll tell you what. It's, it's a tie nineties tie dye that's gone horribly wrong. Really, um, if that's what the pl- outfield players are wearing, what the hell is the keeper going to wear? So the official uh, explanation for the kit that Tottenham have on their website is it's is crap. The, ger- the jersey is mainly <laughs> wild berry with white logo and black elements in the form of a collar sleeve and side panels. Right. Yeah, um, and what about like the buildings that are in the background? And God knows what they are. Yeah, precisely. They failed to mention that there are quite clearly pictures in the background, um, and that it's not going to work behind a green screen either, is it? So I'm going to enjoy I, people standing there like Song Hyun Min doing an interview, and you can put things on his chest because there's no shirt on. Speaking of another shocker, have nice you shot. seen Arsenal's third jersey? No. Oh, it it's a treat. I will post it up for you now. Well, describe uh, you need to describe it for our listeners. I mean, it's all very well. It's, it's a black zigzag with uh, bluish zigzags and a little bit of orange in a zigzag. Um, it it's it kind of reminds you of one of those really cheap duvet covers you buy for your teenage child <laughs> from Wilkinson's or something like that. Well, I, know. Um, it, I think it, um, it's genuinely quite horrific for, from my opinion. It's become a, a thing, hasn't it, to make your, your jerseys look a bit... Sorry, jerseys, I watch way too much American football. Your kits to become a bit snazzy. I think Chelsea's this year is, is dark blue. 
Horrible. Yeah, well, like Chelsea's is a dark blue, but there's like different size squares all over that are light blue, and I don't, and then a yellow pattern on the side. I don't understand what they're doing there. I don't know why yellow has anything to do with Chelsea. I but think that's what they've gone with. I think looking at the, the kits you've mentioned, oh, I'm I'm with Ryan. That Spurs kit is just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's bad. It makes David Seaman's Euro 96 goalkeeper jersey look quite sensible. The fruit pastels. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. So that's, that's, that, 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 those are, so that, so we're, we're, we're marking out, I mean, of the ones that you picked out, Dan, what's the one you're going for is the worst of the lot? Um, well, I've also got another one to throw in, which I can only, ex- I'll have to explain to you. It's Everton's home shirt. It's black with blue and yellow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Stripes. Um, but I think the Tottenham one is comfortably the worst. Hang um, on. Everton's home shirt is black. No, Everton's home goalie shirt. So it's a shirt Jordan Pickford's going to wear. It's is black. It? it has yellow stripes. It goes yellow stripe, black stripe, yellow, and then blue. Because why yeah, not? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> it's a bit unique. It, listen, the Tottenham one is comfortably the worst. There's, Hang on, man. There's just... no argument about it. The Tottenham one, I don't know whose idea that was, but whoever idea it was probably needs to look for a new job. That's, uh, that's, yeah, I'm still. I, I actually quite like that goalkeeper's kit. I think it's more of a training top than a than a goalkeeper's top. I think I'd say, but I wouldn't say that's anywhere near as bad as the uh, as, as the Tottenham top. I'm, I'm seriously t- intrigued by what who at Tottenham thought that was a good idea. If you're gonna use, I get that you maybe there's teams that have used pictures on their shirts. That's fine, but then make it clear. All they've done is put little pictures in different corners of their kit. It looks like a dodgy a, green screen. As a Man United fan, I've seen some horrific shirts in my days. The oh, most yeah. famous one being the one that no the one three. could see. Uh, oh, but, that's a poor excuse yeah, for losing it. Exactly. That, that was, was an it, excuse had, of Fergie's for getting thrashed by Southampton. Exactly. We, we had to change our shorts at halftime so the players could see each other. Yeah, um, right. We were just terrible that day we've seen, we've we've had some crackers over the years at man united but that tottenham one i do want to give a shout out to leeds third kit though for complete lack of imagination it is just quite simply purple they must have seen they must have seen the charlton shirt for this season the home shirt it's just complete purple that is it there is nothing else to it i, d- it I quite like, like that i don't mind a bit of purple oh, oh no, that's I, nice it's not the color it's just the complete lack of imagination it's yeah. like it one looks of those like um, violet sweet things, and they've just gone. Yeah, right. We'll make that our shirt. I quite like the look of that, and if I might be looking at the wrong one, in fairness, but I'm, I'm trying to find it. Um, uh, uh, uh. Uh, to be fair, Leeds, even Leeds' home shirt this year is is quite bland. It's, it's all yeah, very bland, just from white Leeds with yellow year. stripes on the listen, on the listen, You can't do much with a white shirt, really, can you? I mean, Leeds Leeds colours are white and yellow. That's their colours, and there's not a lot they can do with that, really. I've I've just posted Leeds third kit in the in the WhatsApp chat for you. That's please. um that's awful. It's uh yeah, it's that a is, violet, yeah. but yeah, that is genuinely cack. It's but the white shirt, lack you, of imagination. You can't do a lot with a white shirt, unfortunately. Um, well, I like the, you can. You can move the yellow around, like you know. I yeah. remember playing playing Leeds at the Valley. They used to have yellow um, short sleeves. That was nice. This year they've gone with the I don't know what they call them, but kind of along your arms. I tell, tell you, I tell you what they need to bring back, and this is something that Leeds pioneered when I was a a, a wee lad, and now we're going back a few years years here. Pre-war, yeah. Oh, Falklands War, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
they had mm. sock tags. You know, when you tie your socks up. Well, they had uh, they had because um, they were wearing all white. If they were at home, they'd have a, a white tag, but it, they'd have the the player's number on the tag with some tassels on the bottom. Oh, they were superb sock tags. Have you never seen them? I have no, no idea before what was, my time. What, yeah, oh. for both of us. Oh, I think I think it's high time they come back. To be honest with you, they were um, they were yeah they were. I had I had I bought myself a pair. Uh, because uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, hang on. I think I found some, but those. But what, what's annoying me at the moment is um, uh, they're 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 doing right shirt match shirts. There's also now a thing called a pre-game shirt. What's that about? It's a training top. It's we'll another way it to a, make money. Well, just call it a training top. But it doesn't win money. Well, that's just a... like when you walk around a top club. I mean. Uh... We're not surrounded by top Sheffield Wednesday claim they are, but we'll leave that there. Or they're massive, aren't um, they? Yeah. You you see a lot of you see a lot of the people wearing those warm up shirts. Yeah. Because it's another excuse to buy people who are always going to spend money when their clubs there. I mean, the Charlton third shirt came out, and I think I bought it within an hour. So it's you know, just you just spend money, didn't you, when you see money. something you like. Yeah, it's just another issue to make money. The vast majority of owners are probably American in this country nowadays, and they want to uh, access every revenue that they can find. I mean, even Man United's bucket seats in in the uh, in the dugout are sponsored by someone. Well, you know, most our... clubs, most clubs' bucket seats are now sponsored. To be honest, if you look around, uh, I don't think yeah, it's, it's just Man U. Exactly. I mean, even when you look on TV now, you've got like Liverpool players. Uh, advertising shaving gel and deodorants and God knows what else as the official sponsor of Liverpool's smelly under armpit, you know, everything's got to be sponsored now. So uh, it's just another way to make money. Well, sock tags, I've, I've sent you both a picture of the yeah, sock tags. They need to no come back. Well, you, they, they, they've got a bit of a, a bit of, they've got the tie up bit, the band that goes through the top. Yeah. And they oh, sort of Lord. sit on your outside of your sock and you, your shirt number is on your sock tag. Brilliant. While we're discussing kits, I, I just want to say that a lot of people absolutely love this kit and I'm in complete agreement. It is a few years old, but I just want to mention it. The Nigeria kit from the World Cup, do you remember it? It was green with like, I don't know what to call it. It looked like mountain peaks on, they were white and black. It was, uh, it was great. I loved it. It was such yeah. a, a random kit. I think that deserves a shout out because I think it was genuinely loved by everyone, but I just want to make sure People still know that I'm still thinking about it. What a kid. Right. Mm. Well, there you go. See, uh, so now let's move on from rubbish kits uh, to kits that we think are absolutely top-notch. Well, I'll start then. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen the Charlton third kit this season, go onto your, your, your social media platform, find Charlton, uh, CAFC official, and uh, please look for the black kit that they've put as our third kit this year because the man who made it deserves a pay rise and many things that we can't say uh, on the right. internet. Right, so it's black. And uh, the, the Charlton logo is simply a sword, and that's in gold. The sponsor's logo is in gold. The shirt maker's logo is in gold. All the bits on the sides and everything in gold. It's black and gold. Those of you uh, of a younger, uh, a younger vintage... John Player special cigarette packet. That's that's and I like that. There was a John JPS Formula One car that was black and gold. It's up there with that. I'm telling you, it's a thing of beauty. 
I actually like the one that you found, Pete, the uh, the I'm Everton gonna... one. The Everton one. So the Everton kit, I've got to describe this somehow. Um, this should be fun. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's white, isn't it? Where are we? It's, it's, a yep. white, it's a white kit. And it's got down the middle. It does look like a tyre print down the middle. I'll, I'll give, uh, Dan did mention this, that it does look like there's a tyre print. But that's in a, a, it's a black and, and it's black. And it, yeah, it's black stripe on one side, but it's like a white background. But it's a white stripe. It's a reverse on the other side, but and, and then down either side of it is uh, our yellow, and that's straight down the center of the shirt. It's I think that is thing of beauty right there. You can have that one. <coughs> What's the matter, Dan? But, um, my my go-to kit. I've just put in the in our chat, so I explain it for you for you people. It's the Juventus away kit. It's I people that know me know that I I like yellow kits. I don't. I've never known why. I think it's probably because my American football team. Is linked with a lot of yellow, so this is uh, Juventus's kit. It's yellow. Oh, do they keep running away. No, we're just really good. We've got... You keep running away from the Super Bowl. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. Okay, all upset. right, fair enough. Listen, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is back. That's it. That's all we need to talk about. Next one. So it's a yellow shirt with two blue lines on either side of the the middle, running all the way down, and they fade towards the bottom with uh, Jeep as a bright blue logo. And their uh, badge is also blue. I really like that shirt. And the Adidas stripe on the shoulders, the three stripes yeah. on the shoulder. It's a beautiful nice. shirt, in my opinion. I'd be happier yeah. if the Adidas stripe went all the way down the sleeve. Because I'm old school yes. like that. And um, if it had a proper collar, like a shirt collar. Bit of a shock here coming from a Man United fan. But uh, I actually quite like the uh, Manchester City away shirt. Oh, it's white know. and it's got a nice light blue trim around the edge of the sleeves and it's got like a multicolored sponsor uh written across the front uh i, I just quite like the tone uh, of, of, of the different colors that are going ac across the chest um and obviously i'm gonna like one of my own sides kits and um that's going to be the man united third kit this year which is blue black sort of a little bit of yellow on it as well, um, sort of, sort of sliced all the way down. Really, the pattern sort of chops and changes, but I quite like that one. Mm. I have, I have a real problem with white kits. I don't. Why? Why would you have a white kit when you know you walk off that pitch? It's not going to be white. Yeah, but when you walk out on me, that pitch, it looks white. It's white. I think the other thing for me is why would you have a white third kit when you know that there's so many teams already have white home kits. I think that's the question for me. Charlton um, always seem to run with a white... Charlton either run with a white kit or there was a year we had a sunset kit, which we lost in, so I hope we never see that That was again. the Barcelona away kit. Do you remember that? That was awful. Yeah. It was Nike. That was, that, the was last, that was the last year of Charlton's Nike deal, I think, and that's all that, uh, that's what they hadn't sold in the, in the uh, Nike shop. Where else? That if, you year, want to see, if you want to see bad football kits, go and look at every kit. Nike made for Cholton, apart from they made a purple one that had yellow lines streaking like under the armpits down to your 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 um your legs basically, and the same on the shorts. That was probably the only kit that Nike made that was any good for Cholton. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do have an all-time kit that I think uh, is as sexy as hell, uh, and it's a French kit and it's white. Wrong. Uh, what? It, it, it's it. Well, well, don't 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 say it like that. It's Marseille. It's Marseille, and it's the white one with the three Adidas large uh, logos on the coming over the shoulder. 
Liverpool had the same red with the white. So, do you remember the, the Spice Boys, that, that kit? Have you seen it now, Dan? Yeah, it's a good kit. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I really like the blue. Yeah. That's what Man City brings to mind a bit of Marseille for me. Man one, of my, one of my favourite kits, and I don't know why, and it probably is very uh, underrated and people, other people won't like it. I think it's Tottenham's from Jurgen Klinsmann's. It's, it's uh, when they were sponsored by Holster. They had uh, yeah, by yeah, Hummel. Yeah. And it had um, a line, a black line kind of going over the, over and under the neck and then um, or kind of forward slashes on the top with arrows. And then it was white underneath the sponsor. It was really nice. I think it must have been early 90s, I'm guessing. Um, it would be about 92, 93, something like that, wouldn't it, I think? Yeah. Um, and then Man United's famous green and yellow, uh, Cantona-esque. I, I quite like that kit. The Newton Heath kits, hated them, hated them. My my favourite white shirt is actually a Man United shirt, Shock Horror. Um, but it was actually, it was sort of like white on black. So it was like a white body with a black surround. But the best thing about it was it was reversible. And on the inside, the kit was gold instead of white. That one's always been a favourite of mine. That's a bit poncy having a gold kit yeah. though, isn't it? That like, sounds a bit saying. weird. Yeah, but yeah. we were winning everything at the time, so we were entitled to have it. <laughs> sure, they better I mean, see that each is a other. Fair excuse. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Shall we? Uh, shall we knock the kits on the head? Yes. And let's yeah. uh, now look. If we're going to look at transfers, so let's. Uh, what's the What's the best deal that you've seen first this year so far, Ryan? I think um, I know where you might be going. I suppose it's got to be Jaden Sancho, hasn't it? Really. Oh. If you look at if you look at terms of potential, um, the fact that he's going to fit straight in because he's a Manchester boy anyway, um, it well, seems no, like he's a, he's, he's a city he's a Londoner. Lad, isn't he? He's a, he's he's a, a Londoner. Yeah, he's a Londoner. It's not as if it's a, a, a foreign player coming to a brand new city who doesn't speak the language. It's That's a lad true. who's already lived in the area, knows yeah, the area. But I will say, uh, he is a player who hasn't played any Premier League football. As such, yes, I, and the I Premier can... League to the German League, there's a big, big difference for my money, and I think yeah. that could be quite interesting. That's a fair point, but when you do look at the stats that he's made in the the, the Bundesliga, you you would think at least half of that's transferable to the Premier League. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he's not. Um, I, I, uh, I did. I've not seen enough of him to be able to say yeah, he'll he'll be a good player, whether he's as good as people seem to, to, I mean, people are saying in Germany, he was sensational and fair dues, he, he was in Germany he was, his stats are sensational uh, can he do it on a wet Tuesday in Burnley? I think he can because like I said, he, he's, he's played here as a youth player, um, he went over to, to get first yeah. team football and then has now come back I don't really have any concerns about this, I think he's going to be a, a hit either way He's got plenty of years to hone his craft, adjust his game to the Premier League. My only real concern, not for the for the transfer itself, is just the, the age of the Man United front line. Uh, if you take out Cavani, I don't think anyone's much over the age of 23. So uh, although they're all fantastic talents, they've got not much in the way of knowledge when it comes to game management. Um, which obviously they will pick up over the years, but if you're starting what Rashford, Greenwood, and Sancho, yeah, you know when it comes to in-game management, where you need a, a more experienced head to settle things down, 
it's not going to be in the starting lineup. Well, that's Rashford, my only concern. Well, the thing for me is Rashford's but Rashford, Rashford has been playing for quite a while, has got a lot of games under his belt now. So he would be looked on as a more senior player now, surely. Yeah, but he's still only 23. I know, so he's but... He's still got a long way to go. But he's still he's made gonna, a lot of appearances, hasn't he? He has, but he's not going to bring you the, the, the match experience that a Cavani is or someone who's about 29. No, I mean, Cavani's, yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's only a couple of players out there that would fit that description. And one of them, arguably, is possibly going to be sold very, anytime soon. And it'll cost you around about 100 and something million. Kane. Yeah. Cavani has more. I'd say Carney's, Cavani's probably one, if not the most experienced experienced player in the Premier League altogether. But he's maybe not, I, maybe I mean, not for Premier League experience as in playing in the Premier League, but the amount of games he's played and the way he played for Man United, especially the back end of last season, when he came in, he wasn't fit, he didn't have a pre-season. Yeah. Like most of the players, really, because of scenarios with COVID and that. They've obviously, he, he got himself fit, scored, I think, 11, was it he scored a handful of goals for United last year. I felt he looked quite fit. Um, and also now, if he needs a break, United, because of they've signed Sancho, they can move Greenwood up front. That gives them a bit of pace if they need it, a, a bit of fire that they can rotate. Martial is obviously something that is debated a lot by Man United fans, but... If he de- if he decides to actually turn up, which he doesn't do often, but if he does decide to play, he can go there. And I think that's that Jaden Sancho's move to United does more than just gives United a right winger. It, it allows them to move other players, the Rashford, like you mentioned, or Martial or Greenwood, you know, into different positions. And then obviously you've still got Dan James and the like to fall back on Palestri, Diallo, that Man United are quite well off with youngsters. Do they need a more experience? Well, Maybe with they've got Cavani. Rashford has probably cleared over a hundred games, and so has Sancho. To be fair, that's a lot of football games. There's a lot of football, uh, but with Sancho, the, the downside is none, none of it's in the Premier League, and that's that's a big um, uh, that's a big thing. Uh, now, Man United possibly, I think their best signing is about to happen, isn't it? It's the the centre back. Has that happened yet? Or the, the guy, yeah, it's, the French, it's confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed. Rafa Varane has joined. Rafa yeah. Varane. I think that alongside Harry Maguire. Wow, that's a signing and a half for me. and for thirty-four million. That's an absolute steal, isn't it? Uh, it went much, up a little bit. Forty-one get, was the final fee. How much did Harry Maguire cost? Was it eighty million? Eighty-six, I think. Yeah. And they picked well, up. You, they picked up a World Cup winning defender for for forty odd million. To be honest, uh, we've only got him he's that under cheap thirty. Cheap. Great move. Great move. Yeah, but me. we've only got him that cheap because he's in the last year of his contract. Me and Dan had this conversation the other that day. It doesn't matter. It's still a bargain, isn't it? I'll I know, I know, away. but my point was is that like if he wasn't in the final year of his contract, we would be paying at least double what we're paying now. Yeah, I think uh, Rafa Varane, obviously going to Man United for forty million pounds, but I find weirder business Arsenal paying fifty for Ben White. Yes, when, when I, yeah, when you consider Chelsea looks like they're signing uh, Kunde from Sevilla for about thirty-five. Liverpool brought in Kunate from Leipzig for about the same. And Arsenal are actually arguably spending more money on a player that's not as good as the others. Does that strike strikes me a bit of desperation? We've got to get some bodies in. Let's start with. And they're taking a 50 million gamble on a player who is an okay Premier defender and get Southgate had him in the squad because of injury uh, to other players. But um 
he's on the edge, the fringes of the England squad, really and truthfully. Um, and do you think a player on the fringes of the England squad is a fifty million pound player, Ryan? Uh, no, and the, the thing that baffles me even more about this, and it's something that me and Dan were talking about the other day, is the fact that uh, Chelsea let uh, uh, Ficaro Tamori go for about half that price to AC Milan. And he was pretty much in the same position as where Ben White is now. He'd had a very good season beforehand at Chelsea. He then went to AC Milan. He was on the fringes of the England squad. And yeah. they sold him for half the price. It does seem to be the, the old adage of uh, there's a massive premium on English players going to English clubs. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, it's been like that for years, though, hasn't it? I mean, if you're going to buy... I mean, Harry Maguire, if he had gone to somewhere like Real Madrid or Juventus, they wouldn't have paid 80-odd million for him, would they? No, and I mean, the thing is, is Man United have been done over the years for, for English talent left, right and centre. Look how much... Don't get me wrong, we, we benefited from them because they became world-class players, but if you look at how much we paid for Rio Ferdinand at the time, how much we paid for Michael Carrick, we, we were paying well over the odds at the time. Dan? I think it's not only the, the Premier League that has that problem, the Championship has the same problem. If you think back to a few years back when when Charlton were in the Championship, I think Jordan Rhodes went for £15, £12 million. Pounds. I have a feeling Ross McCormack went for a large fee. These aren't Premier League players that are even on the fringe of the Premier League. And yet you can get players for a lot cheaper from abroad that will come in and do a better job. When you're having to pay 15, 20... Look there, Ollie Watkins is a great player. I do like him. But you're paying £35 million from a striker in the Championship because he's English. If he's, if he's from Europe or Africa or South America, you're not having to pay £35 million, even if it's from another English club. If he's French and he's playing for Bordeaux and you want to sign Ollie Watkins for your team at Villa, you're going to pay how much do you reckon for him? Yeah, I don't think much more than about 10, 7 maybe. It's like, for, for example, for me, Dortmund have just signed Doniel Malin from, um, I think it was PSV. Very highly rated striker for, a, I think the, for the fee is 25 million euros. That gets you a top championship striker. Adam Armstrong, who I think is a good striker at Blackburn, Blackburn want 25 million for him. For a championship player, it's too much, surely. It's 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 way too much. You're talking about a striker that has potential, people think, to lead the Dutch line in the future. The only person who's going to buy Adam Armstrong for £25 million is going to be a Premier League club who are getting a bit desperate for a striker. Yeah, no one else is paying that money. No. And that that's the problem. When you go up to the Premier League for the clubs that have come up like Blackpool, not so much Brentford because they have a philosophy that they'll stick to. We know that they're there, but that size of a club, when they get up there, even though they're in the Premier League where the money is, a lot of the time they don't have that money yet. It comes off the TV rights, blah, 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 which comes throughout the season. When you're trying to find a Premier League striker like that, you, Pete, you remember this. When uh, Blackpool went to the Premier League, they signed Luke Varney and we saw yeah. him play for Cholton, a, a very energetic striker. I get but why a championship a, club would want him. But not a Premier League striker in, in, in the month of Sundays. And he spent two seasons in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's because they couldn't afford to spend that little bit of money to go, look, it doesn't always work. Like Norwich and Mbukani, you're not always going to go out and find talented players. It's a risk you've got to take, but you can either risk spending 10 million on a player from France. Like you said, if you go from a player from Bordeaux or um, yeah. Amiens or someone like that, you're not going to 
they're not going to cost you. I think Neil Mopay, if you look at Neil Mopay, I think he was £25 million from Brighton. If he was still in France, and I think he might have come from Bordeaux, he wouldn't. He isn't going to be costing £25 million. So, I mean, Ben White at, at £50 million. Uh, I mean, is that, has that, that, that gone through? I think they're just waiting for a medical. He's on holiday, obviously, because of the Euros. And then I think it will go through after that. That's a hell of a lot of money. Um, uh, it makes you wonder because teams like, uh, I mean, you, you've got Man United spending good money on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a quality, couple of quality players, absolute quality. And Arsenal are taking a punt and they spent more than Man United ever on a defender who is, who, who as far as we're aware, could be bang average. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's very strange. The thing that confuses me about the Ben White deal even more is, unless I'm mistaken and unless a lot of people have left the club, Arsenal were pretty well stocked for centre-halves as well. They weren't always necessarily great, but they had a lot. So I thought they'd have to shift quite a few before they brought another one in. I've just uh, looked up Neil Mopay, by the way. He came to Brentford from uh, from France, £1.6 million from, uh, from St Etienne. And then he joined Brighton from Brentford for twenty million. That, that that's the thing, and this is the it's, that's this is the perfect example. Twenty million for Neil Mopay to go to Brighton. Andre Silva, who has just spent the last three seasons banging in goals in Germany, has moved clubs for twenty million pounds. So he's less than Ollie Watkins, the same as Neil Mopay, and he's arguably <laughs> much a better striker. Than the strikers that we're talking about. No, so, no offense to the lower strikers. So but you you can shot better abroad. But can are, are there now limits because of the EU Brexit situation of the amount of foreign players you can register? You know, European players you can have in the team. There are no limits. It's the rules haven't changed. Um, so you why? still have to. It's still a case of they need to get a work permit successfully. But I think you still you know for years they've had that rule of there needs to be eight. British players yeah. and a certain amount homegrown in your starting or squad of 18. I think that's the only rules they have as long as they pass a work permit. And a lot of also, there's a lot of players who have been in Britain for long enough now that they can claim that, you know, they can become British nationalists. Yeah, yeah. And then they're British. I think Fabregas, didn't it, for example, at Arsenal, when that rule came out, I remember him getting his uh, citizenship because then he counted as a British player. For oh, well, he, he still holds a Spanish passport and a British passport with dual nationality. You're allowed to do Precisely. it. Ryan. All this talk about strikers actually brings me on to another one that I wanted to talk about, which is the situation surrounding Tammy Abraham at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, because he's been linked with move away. Um, predominantly, I've seen him linked with Villa because obviously he's played there and scored goals there before. Well, I've seen him linked um, with a couple of clubs in Europe as well. Exactly. And, it, and it, we're looking at £40 million for, for Tammy Abrahams. I mean, why Chelsea want to sell him, I don't know. They seem to have this thing at the moment where they want to sell their best young English prospects, with the exception of Mason Mount. Because, like I said earlier, Fakoye Tamore is gone, and he did very well. And now uh, Tammy Abraham, who, unless I'm mistaken, was their top scorer last season. Oh, would and they, they've already lost Would Giroud. they not be they better served? Him as well. He had a time at Swansea on loan where he, he really got into some good form. Would they mm -hmm. be better served sending him out on loan for a season? Dan, you you don't agree. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just I, I'm just saying, is that the thing they do, or have they looked at him and decided, do you know, you're not going to be the player we need in the going forward? I I, I honestly have no idea. For me, Tammy, if you can go into Chelsea, play half a season, and still be their lean goal scorer on twelve goals or whatever it was, you should it's be starting bad. that. 
that you should be starting. He he didn't feature, I think, from February onwards in the Premier League or in the Champions League. That's bonkers. If he goes to any of the clubs, he will be a goal scorer. I get the idea of a loan, but when you've been on loan for that long, he's had three or four loan spells. He's 22, 23. It's time, it's time for you to start. And I don't understand why. Why would you keep giving Timo Werner the same because, because you spent a huge amount of money on Timo Werner and you brought Tammy Abrahams through the ranks and you get, you've get you got to make a decision. As a manager, who do I keep? Do I keep the player that we spent an absolute fortune on or do I get rid of the kid that we brought through for pretty much nothing? Uh, that's an that's a economics decision. Ryan? I think also the biggest problem is, Dan just mentioned of when he stopped playing, was when Tuchel come in. I think Tuchel wants to play with a false nine in Kai Havertz and have Werner run off of him. So I just don't think tactically he looks uh, at Tammy Abraham and says, right, you don't fit my system. So he's, he's got to go. He, yeah, he, he can get, if he can get uh, uh, millions of pounds for a player that he's not really, there's going to be on the fringes for the whole season. And a player who's going to get more and more disgruntled is going to do that. Yeah. And so for Tammy Abrahams, it's probably best that he moves on now. He may not want to leave Chelsea, but he could get, uh, if he goes to a Premier League club and proves himself, uh, who knows? He could you know, back in a big time and he could come back to haunt Chelsea at some stage. Dan? Well, there's two clubs for me that come to mind if they can afford it. Well, one could definitely... Arsenal, they they should go after Abraham, in my opinion. I don't think Lacazette has, in the last two, maybe three years, showed the striker he may have when he came to Arsenal. And Aubameyang's goals have also fallen off because well, he, he can't stay fit. He, he, he had it's, last season. He was just appalling, wasn't he? Because in terms of fitness, he just wasn't fit at all, was he? So and you, you need someone who's going to be there fully fit for the season. If you can have a twenty goal season goal scorer, which Aubameyang is, but he doesn't stay fit enough to do that. Well, the other team that I think should really look into Tammy, and it may have to be that they do a deal with future fees and stuff but West Ham they, they got into Europe last season they need to continuously keep being up there if they want to keep Declan Rice we discussed that on the last are they going to are they going to get uh, Jesse Lingard back or it looks unlikely doesn't it yeah, it, it, I, I think it's unlikely. I think Ollie's going to try and get Lingard in and around the team but from West Ham's point of view they went through last season with Mikel Antonio up front injured They're a only... lot gets injured quite easily though their only other striker that I could think of, they've obviously sold, which was Sebastian Haller. Lingard got a lot of their goals towards the back end of last year. They've signed Ariola to be in goal. It looks like they're going to sign Kurt Zuma at the back. Uh, they, you get um, Abraham up front, and I think West Ham could be a force. Obviously, I'm not saying they're going to finish top four, but that's, but that's your goal scorer. That they could West get Ham close to getting in the top half of the table, and maybe just up to top 10 even. Ryan? Hmm. I think on just going back on the subject of uh, Lingard, I think if the price is right, I think he will go. Um, he's going to be a fringe player at best at United, especially now Jaden Sancho signed as well. Um, so unless someone actually leaves, I can't see Lingard being anything more than on the bench. I, I as much as he... I like him. Um, so I think there is a possibility he could return to West Ham. Um, if I'm Everton and I've got a bit of money to, to spend, I think I'm going after Tammy Abrahams as well because they've got Calvert-Lewin and that's your lot. And yeah, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair, fair point. Um, somebody um, uh, like Norwich aren't going mad, are they? Spending money. They're, they're one of those teams that are fairly steady. They'll try and stick with Pookie and maybe build a few, get some players in 
but get them a little bit cheaper. Uh, Palace are the ones at the moment who seem to be uh, Vieira's buying anything under 23. And if they're still in nappies, Vieira's interested, isn't he? At the moment, I think they've just signed Batshuayi as well, haven't they? Have they? That's a good I signing. So. I think they're trying to. I don't think it's done. I've heard that there was um, on Sky yesterday was saying he's off to. He's also, uh, I think it's Bursa Sport were interested. But you just said about, um, about Norwich. One thing about Norwich that when they came up last time, they obviously had Puki and Buendi. Buendi is gone now. Yeah. Um, they haven't. I, as far as I'm aware, I might have missed stuff, but I don't think they've replaced him, and that's a huge loss for so, me. I think. I mean, in the next podcast, which we, which will be out, we're going to do in about a week's time, aren't we? Before the season starts, we're going to look at um, the relegation candidates and who, and in all the leagues. Uh, but you would look at Norwich unless they do make some moves somewhere along the line, they're going to suffer the same fate they 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 fell you know the previous time they were in the Premier League or and the time before that and the time before that where they go up one season and go back down again. They're, uh, they... they're a typical yo-yo club, yeah. um, which is harsh because I actually think Norwich have got some nice players. Todd Cantwell is really good. Yeah. That's Cantwell or Cantwell, I don't really Cantwell. know. Cantwell. Um, is he one that should is he one do you think that would uh become a better player away from Norwich? Yeah, I think he's been again, I think probably, but because he's English and because of his age, no one is going to spend I think Villa offered 30 million for him and Norwich said no. So yeah. I don't I don't one, I don't think he leaves Norwich in a in a hurry. And two, he, we've seen him in fits and starts. Is he going to be a much better player if he goes to Southampton? I'm not keen. Ryan? I think and when it comes to Campwell, I, I, I think Norwich is his limit. I think technically, I think he's very good. Uh, he looks very slight of frame. Um, so I think he's effective for a short time, but over a season, well, I can't see on. him being at a bigger club. It is a job of slight of frame. Uh, you can that can be worked. That's something that with uh, with uh, as he gets older, will he'll and experience and he can and a bit of muscle. That's not 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 that's not the end of the world. Um, if it was if he was a yard short of pace, like I mean, I've seen countless players that you think he'd have been great in the Premier League if he had the pace. I'm not mentioning anyone's names because he'll message me and give me stick. <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> straight away. Um, he, but I mean, he's he's he stands out at Norwich, but does he need to go to another club to progress to be a better player than Norwich? I think I think possibly with better players around him, surely that's going to make him a better player. I don't see him improving much beyond the level he's at. I would I would just leave it at that. So, so like on a Southgate signs him tomorrow, you're in trouble, then, aren't you? Really? <laughs> I I think also with him is. He came through. He's one of those players that he came through so young. People probably think he's older than he actually is. I think he's only 21, 22. And a lot of people think he's 24. A lot of people forget that about Marcus Rashford. They think, oh, he's got to be 28, 29. And he's not. He's nowhere near there, is he? No, but that's that's. And also, when you're at that age, you go through fits and starts, don't you, where you might have a yeah. good season, inconsistency. And also, but some people, some players at 18, 19 look like they're going to be world beaters, but they just don't develop. Ross Barkley is a prime example. A player that as a teenager, everyone was going, we want Ross Barkley. He's been to Chelsea. He's, it didn't work out. He's been to Villa. 
I think he's he's leaving Villa. He's no, he's got. He's just... So he was on loan at Villa, but Villa from the rest, the way the fans spoke about him and from what Dean Smith has not said about him, if you know what I mean, in yeah, his yeah, press yeah. conference, it was very much. Are you going to bring him back? And it's like, no, probably not. That tells me that one either. He's not good enough for the players around him, which I doubt because I think he can have talent or is he, is there else, something else that needs sorting? But I think Ross Barkley is a very good example. I think Jack Rodwell would be the other one as well. Jack Rodwell back in the day was considered a great talent and then moved to Manchester City and was then turned up at Swallowed up, I think. Swallowed up at Manchester City. That was the worst move he could have made. At the time, when he made the move, you think that's a great move. But uh, it, it, it ended up, it finished him, really. Uh, Rod, he was a shadow of himself at, uh, at and, um And speaking of midfielders, I know there's one that Dan wants to talk about, so we should move on to that. What, Jake Fosterkowski? What a star. I love Jake Fosterkowski. He'll <laughs> yeah, look great in that black <laughs> and gold shirt. But, uh, no, the, the midfielder I actually just want to talk about is I don't, it's one that, it's a news that has kind of not been spoke about much, but I don't, so I don't know if you two have caught it, but... Have. Liverpool look like they're going to move on from Jordan Henderson at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I've um, been hearing that. That you know that he's because his contract's up next year, isn't it? He's got two years to go. That's his. This year is his last year. He's going into it now. Yeah, um, and he's they talks are broken down already. Yeah, well, so he they basically told him that you're not you're not going to get more than I think a year's deal. Yeah, that's what most clubs is, do with players of that is, age. But this is your club captain. Yeah, football's uh, brutal. I know, but I'm just saying, this is your club captain, the person who voluntarily moved to defence last year when you were getting stuffed, when they couldn't cope, and he, you were the one that he trusts. He carries that team on his back. From a captain's point of view, you can see, in the, I don't mean from a talent point of view, obviously they've got Salah and Mane, but you see a lot of the videos, if you're on social media, of Henderson, you know, geeing up the players. You oh, saw yeah, what he was yeah, like yeah. around the England camp too. I necessarily don't think he's the best talent, but to just let him walk after everything, I think it's shocking. You've just let Wijnaldum walk. You're going to do the same again. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think, sorry, Pete, I was just going to say this This is, we're past the stage of loyalty to players now. Um, if you've basically, if you've got a foreign, a foreign owner, you're going to get a one year deal when you hit 30 every year from while you're useful and then I, as soon as they don't I see you I don't useful, think that's just foreign, foreign I think that's owners in football in general now uh, you will find players once they've they've had a big contract to their 30 31 after that it's going to be one year deals uh, and and it, do, it doesn't mean to say it won't get dealt with you look at cricket I can show you a player who's 40 odd and he get, he's been living on one year deals uh, for about 15 years and he keeps getting you one year deals he's 47 Darren Stevens. Worked, Darren Stevens, and he's amazing. No, he's, he's just he, an average bowler. But no, he is the equivalent of Akpo Soji coming back and scoring at tricks in the Premier League. Like <laughs> this is what Darren Stevens has been doing for Kent. But that's the a only, different sport. But the I only think thing I will I, say, I, 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 th- I do think if you look around football, once you get to thirty plus, your, your contracts as a whole across the board, and that's at all levels. They're one-year deals. That's all they're offering. And there's there's a lot. Of, I know it's not loyalty, but he's he's earned well. He's had a very good Liverpool career, and he's free to make a decision because he can next end of come this next summer. This time next year, he could be saying, "Right, I'm going to get paid a fortune to go here, to go there, and have a different lifestyle with my family for my last couple of years of football." So it, it cuts both ways a bit, I think. 
All I will say is there are a couple of exceptions still going in the Premier League when it comes to clubs looking after players. I mean, Villian went to Arsenal because he got offered a longer deal than he was being offered at Chelsea. And Mark Noble at West Ham is, is, is still getting a living. Uh, Dan, the question is, as you brought Henderson up, uh, I'll, start, I'll ask this to you and then to Pete. Where do you see Henderson going if he leaves Liverpool? I think if you're Arsenal and you're not jumping on Jordan Henderson, you, you're making a mistake. That Arsenal midfield has been terrible for it, it, yeah, I agree. a give, long time. It'd give them a couple of good seasons of uh, of leadership. And, you know, he's, he's not a bad player to have. And that experience and leadership, Arsenal could do with. They haven't got anyone like that now, have they? You look through the Arsenal team when they won titles and trophies, they had a backbone of experienced players. They really haven't got those experienced players that are experienced and know how to get across the line. I um this I don't think it's going to happen. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Man City picked him up, just for those reasons that you just said. He's someone who they'd pick up, sit on the bench. You can come on when you know we're in a game and we're having I a bit of a think, battle. I don't think I don't think money had come into it with Jordan Henderson. I don't think he'd do that. I don't think he'd go to Man City for to sit on the bench. I don't think he'd go anywhere to sit on the bench. I think he wants to play. Well, no, that, I agree. But I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if Man City attempted a move yeah. for All that right. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think Leicester or Tottenham, any of those teams on the periphery of the European spaces that are regularly fighting, Jordan Henderson will fit in that team. Jordan yeah. Henderson gets in the Tottenham team. He gets in the Leicester team. He gets in the West Ham team as well, doesn't he? He walks into in that Europe, team. <laughs> in Europe, because they're in Europe. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, Ryan... Right. Speaking of midfielders that have only got a year left on their contracts, I'm sure everyone's going to want to hear our opinions on Paul Pogba. So I will start off very quickly by saying I think he will be leaving Manchester United at the end of the season on a free transfer, as he did previously, and he won't be signing a new contract. What do you guys make of the situation? I think they, they might try and flog him. Yeah, I, I see a world where he's at PSG before the end of this window, quite yeah. frankly. And if he doesn't go in this window, he'll go in the January window, I think. There's been a lot of talk that Pochettino and PSG have already started discussions. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I would not be shocked to see him play at PSG before before this window even, but definitely by the end of next season. Another rumour doing the rounds, uh, Harry Kane aside, we, I think we discussed that and I made my views perfectly clear on the last podcast and you've made your views on that one. Jack Grealish. Now, uh, there's a lot of talk, rumours are getting stronger that it's very close that he could be going to Man City. I think if they sign Graylish, the Harry Kane deal is dead in the water. Do you think they're not so, going to yeah. get both? I don't. I don't see a world. You're what paying upwards of eighty million pounds for Grealish, supposedly. Yeah. And man, even though Man City spend a lot of money, if you look at their deals, it's not often they go hundred million here, eighty million here. It's thirty million here, forty million here, thirty, yeah, and they'll find five or six that make that big number. So yeah. I wonder if they sign Graylish, is that their window done? They don't need many more. Look at the team that they've just won the league with. Ryan. I think Dan's just nailed that. That was going to be my answer. Because if you look at the, the the amount of money that they pay, I don't think they've paid above 75 million at all. I think they have a cap of how much they want to spend. Um, it's another reason why I don't think they'll get Kane. And I don't think they've even bothered looking at Haaland because they think he's going to be way too pricey, especially when he... If my knowledge is correct, Haaland has got a uh, buyout 
clause that comes into effect next year, which is about 68, 70 million pounds. They'll try and look and see so, if they can cash in on them this year, surely, if they can. That's think, what they're so, going to get. Dan? Uh, I don't think... I th- I, I don't see Haaland going anywhere this season. I think people will wait for next year. Um, but on on the Grealish front, um, I, if I was Man City and you're telling me I have to pay for Kane or Grealish, I'm I'm going for Kane, and I'm throwing everything I've got at Kane because I don't. The way that City play, where does where does Grealish start for them? Because he's not he's not. I know the rumours are that they're going to try and move on from Sterling. I don't think that's going to happen. So he doesn't take the role that Sterling plays that's kind of off the striker making the runs. Is he a Ferran Torres who, you know, or do they move him into the centre? I don't see do they, where Grealish fits. Do, do, do they change and evolve and change their style of play to suit Jack Grealish? But why they didn't change their style to fit anyone they've ever signed. So why would they? It's, he Guardiola might change his tactics, but the, the team instructions are the same. It's Pep. I've also heard that Mares is looking at maybe being moved on. Uh, apparently, there is interest in Mares from abroad, um, and if they can get the right amount of money, then I think they might move Mares on. And Jack Garylish would would fall into his natural replacement in terms of where he is Gre- on the pitch. Grealish is, has got to a level, but he, he to get to the next level, does does he have to move on, or can he achieve the next level at Villa? It depends on how Villa build. Um, Villa need need to be in European football to keep Jack Grealish, especially yeah. beyond this season. If Grealish doesn't go this summer, he, then they need to get into Europe. I think, I think from my perspective, I think Jack Grealish has hit his peak in terms of his ability, which is why he stands out so much at Villa. Would he look a better player in a Man United or a Manchester City or, or a big team? I'm not sure he would stand out as much as he does now. It's not to say that he wouldn't have a positive influence and wouldn't be as influential as he is now. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense of uh, big fish, small pond. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if J- Graylish is one of those players that, because he's English, as we've already spoke about, that the hype is, is done to a higher level. I think he is more suited to a, a Tottenham Arsenal, as we keep saying, these same teams that we talked about for Tammy or for Jordan Henderson, I probably think that's more his level currently. And I'm not sure how much more we you can get out of him. Um, but I think anyone goes into that Man City team will look good. It's the way they play, the players around them. That you know, like that you cannot look bad in that team. Excellent. Right. Brian. Um as we're talking about uh, transfers and stuff, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, I was just wondering, have you guys got a player in the Premier League or in the lower leagues that you've got your eye on to see how well they do? I have, yeah. I, I, um, I've got a striker. Um, Dan will probably know where I'm going with this. Who I, who's worked, I he was with uh, a, league, uh, a League One club, or oh, Championship club and League One club. Uh, was released, went to the lower leagues, uh, went the, now back in the football league, and has just signed for Ipswich. And I think Joe Piggott, watch how many goals he scores for uh, Ipswich this season. Uh, they signed McCauley Bond and Connor Chaplin, but Piggott's your man. You feed the pig and he'll score. Trust me on this one. He will get twenty. He will get twenty goals this season uh, in the league in League One. That's the player in League One to look out for. I've got I've got one in Europe and then one in England. 
my one in Europe is, uh, of course, Adimola Lutman. Uh, I, I think he actually looked good in a struggling Fulham side, and I'm not just saying that from bias. Um, so I'm interested to see if he steps, if he stays in Red Bull. If he, I've seen him linked uh, to other clubs, and the other player in England is actually another Chult, former Charlton player, but sadly has gone to Crystal Palace Ooh. in Con- in Conor Gallagher. I think he's a cracking midfielder. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward because I felt he played well for West Brom. And um, I'm intrigued to see him in Palace's midfield. I'm not going to watch him because he um, plays uh, Palace. Yeah, disappointed he's wearing the stripy Nigel shirt. But, uh, Ryan? I'm actually looking forward to seeing Declan Rice uh, this year. I know this mm. may sound a bit weird considering we've talked about it for so long, talked about him a lot. But I'm very intrigued to see how he does following the, the Euros because the Euros felt like he really, really arrived. And yeah. he's going into European I'm football. I'm saying that now. Yeah, he's going into Europe. He's going into Champions League football this year. And I'm really eager to see, is is he, is he going to match his potential, have a great season and then go to a bigger club? Or is this, have we seen the peak of his potential and that's his limit? And on that, on that as well, Calvin Phillips, uh, who's just, to me, I, didn't, I don't watch a lot of Premier League football because it's not what I enjoy. I, I do like... Because I'm, I'm I'm a league I'm, my team's in the league one. I do like a bit of league one. I only really like to watch my team. I don't I don't really care about other teams other than England. But Calvin Phillips, so I didn't know a lot about Calvin Phillips. And when he was first first in England squad, I'm thinking, well, how's he got in there? And then watching him in the Euros, thinking, oh, that's why he got in there. So let's see how he develops this season as well. And there's uh, another one from that Mason Mount. Be fascinating to watch him develop now if he gets his chances at Chelsea because he just he looks classy. So Someone else I think deserves a mention, again, going abroad, but we spoke about him. Ryan spoke about him. Fakaya Tamori, if you can watch Italian football or find a way, go and watch Fakaya Tamori for AC Milan. And what, as Ryan said, Go and see what Chelsea have for some reason sold to keep Andreas Christensen. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought Fakaya Tomori was a shoe in to start this season and they sent him to Milan. Yeah. Oh, all I will say on, on Tomori is the fact that I think it, that move is only going to benefit him. And if he's not in England squads next season, I'm going to be even more baffled. Um, and the other thing I'd probably like to keep an eye on from the Premier League is going to be James Ward Prowse because I think it's time for him to step up out of Southampton Good play, and yeah. into something better. Yeah, I think he might be one of those players that's quite happy where he is. Yeah, he's going to stay just, there. I... Just one quick shout out for a free transfer that I thought was actually going to be a real bargain free transfer, but apparently he's just been picked up by Chelsea, was uh, Marcus Bettinelli. He's, he's a goalkeeper I've admired for many years in the lower leagues. Um, I always thought he had potential to do more. Uh, for some reason, it didn't quite work out for him. He didn't take that step up. I remember when Fulham got promoted and then they were like, OK, we're going to bring in a foreign goalkeeper and Marcus, you're not going to get your shot. Um, so I was delighted to hear that he's just signed for Chelsea on a free transfer as their number two. Excellent. I can't take Marcus Bertinelli, Bertinelli seriously. I've seen Yaya Sanogo score against him at the Valley. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's the end of Bertinelli on that note- for me. On that note, we'll end. Uh, and next time we meet, uh, which will, uh, I think next, we're going to have about a week's time, aren't we? We're going to meet up and we're going to discuss uh, who we think is going to win the title, who we think is going to be in the shout for Champions League, Europe, Cholton. relegation from the Premier League, a Championship, League One and, and League Two as well. And maybe an outside look at someone, possibly, Dan, you, this will be down to you. Who's going to come up from the uh, National League? 
That's down to you, yeah. that one. All right. We'll have to discuss no the uh, new managers that have come in as well. Yeah, the new managers, which we were going to discuss this week, but we just not had time. So we'll, we'll look at, uh, yeah, new managers and um, and how soon it is before Patrick Vieira gets the elbow, uh, the old Spanish fiddler. And, not, and I mean, I mean, if you can't beat a League One side, you're, having tr- you're in trouble, aren't you, in a pre-season friendly? That's what I'm saying. Uh, Dan yeah. Fink, thank you very much. Thank you. Ryan Scott. Thank you very much. Uh, that's all of us from all here at Total Thunders. Uh, just remember to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you watch to listen to the uh, podcast. And uh, we've got an email address, Dan, haven't we? Yes, it's footballfunderspod at gmail.com. Please feel free to leave your questions or, of course, on the YouTube channel. And we'd like your opinions as well. And if, if you disagree with us, tell us why and we'll argue the toss with you. Absolutely. Say goodbye, fellas. See you later, guys. Thank you.